This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And we're back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. I'm so excited for this show tonight. I've been down a Terminator rabbit hole uh, kick, if you will. A Terminator kick for like the last month. So I'm so excited to talk about these games tonight. That's a great kick to be on. I I love the Terminator franchise. I haven't really played any of the games. So I'm very curious to get your thoughts on them. I've looked up some gameplay uh, watched that uh, a little bit yesterday and today, so uh, I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts on them. Yeah, I went back and watched Terminator Two again last week, and uh, uh, one of the best say, movies ever made. That movie holds up still to this day. Still one of the best movies ever made. If you told me that it was the best sci-fi movie ever made, I wouldn't argue it. No, it's up there. It's definitely the movie that should be uh, the editing of that movie should be taught in film school. The sound edit too. The sound edit is immaculate. What I always think of the the shotgun blast where he does the, you know, it's just so awesome. I've been looking at a lot of behind the scenes stuff on YouTube lately too, and for the shotgun sound on for that movie, uh, it was a cannon. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. literally a cannon that they used for that that sound effect. Sound editing, and I, I never, I never realized how creative you have to get until I worked on Survey. Oh, because Steve, <laughs> because Steve and I actually did Foley for it, and I'm like, I've heard stories about this, but I've never actually done it. And then it's just like, yeah, it's the stories you hear are true. I love this story, and you might as well tell it again here because it's been a few years. <laughs> okay, I wish we had video of this because. That it would, would go such, viral. That would I, be such good, like behind the scenes extras. Oh for my that god! Movie. Okay, so <laughs> longtime listeners know about the movie Survey that our mutual friend Steve Wise directed. You played a role in it. You played the villain Vilker. Mm-hmm. I I was one of the sound operators. I was there for uh, for day two. Essentially, I would hold the boom mic, you know, make sure that all the sound was good and everything. And I knew I was going to have to do some sound editing with it. I didn't know to the extent because I'd never done it before. So Steve asked me, he's like, have you ever done Foley before? And I knew what Foley was, but I I said, no. He's like, well, we're going to need, you know, footsteps and sounds of punches and things like that. So we set up a time. I went over to his house and I kid you not, I had my full sound gear, like boom mic. I had my little clip for my Zoom recorder, my big headphones, the ones I'm actually wearing right now. And I recorded him running in place in his yard. So we did that. And then we went to an area with gravel so that we could get footsteps of that. Uh, We cut up a melon to mimic the sound of a punch. So it, it was... It was a really fun, fun night. And I, I just I told Steve afterwards, I'm like, we should have filmed this. Yeah, it would have been a great like bonus feature to have. <laughs> I wish I was there for that. That would have been fun. 
That's one of my favorite like filmmaking incidents, like of any movie I've been a mm-hmm. part of is one of my favorites just because of like the sheer hilarity of it mm-hmm. because of how ridiculous we both looked him running in place. Me with all this sound gear on me. It was great. And speaking I of inter- entertainment, we were just talking before, before the show about the last of us uh, we've been watching. Um, you haven't seen the new episode yet. I'm gonna and, watch uh, it after we do the show. Get mentally prepare yourself because that that it is a heart wrenching episode. I, I will say this: uh, another funny incident regarding The Last of Us. So we've played the game, so we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. My wife has not. So when she watched it, and uh, I won't spoil it for those who one haven't watched the show and two haven't played the game, but it starts with a very traumatic incident. And I knew what was going to happen. I just didn't know that they were going to add in all this backstory to make it even worse. Samantha's like, you knew what was going to happen? Just wait till you see this episode. Wait till you see this one. Uh, It's like I'm going to spend the show mentally preparing myself to watch it. (laughs) And the thing is, like, we played the game. We know how it's going to turn out or we know that the story of the game but they've taken enough liberty so far, even up to episode three, to make it better. But so we don't kind of know if they're going to go the route that the game went or what they're going to change. So it, that's the, the exciting part for me is to see what they're going to do differently. When the changes they've made have been good, like I've had zero issue with what they've been doing. We were talking about this, too, that they've brought in the the creator of the game to actually help out with the making of the show, mm-hmm. which to me should be the standard that's set from here on out. Like if if a Zelda series is ever made, get those who have worked on the games mm-hmm. to help bring Hyrule to life, whether it's an animation or live action. It should be that way with every other medium from now on. Agreed, 100%. But uh, we've got some news topics to get to tonight before we get to the the big... Big review tonight. You ready to jump right into it? Let's do it. Today's stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And the first story comes from retrododo.com. Funny Playing is making a Game Boy clone. Funny Playing recently posted a holiday notice to their website. Nothing too unusual about that. It's Chinese New Year. All Chinese companies are going to be silent for a few weeks. But that post also included a photo that keen eyes will notice has something pretty interesting going on. It, uh, the photo in question might look like a normal Game Boy Color. Um, but However, you can tell from the experience that is absolutely not a Game Boy. Uh, it has a cartridge reader and a USB-C plug. It is inside the same Game Boy Color shell that Funny Playing produces... And it's got a standard Game Boy Link port. So what we can deduce from what we're seeing is that Funny Playing is producing a Game Boy clone similar to the GB Boy. Um, Let's see. Also see that the PCB is stamped on an Oars Studio logo, which suggests that Funny Playing has contracted Oars Studio to produce a new Game Boy clone console for them that will play original Game Boy games. This sounds kind of exciting. It does sound pretty cool, and uh, I feel like we've talked about a couple of these potential like Game Boy successors, if you will, like something mm-hmm. similar to that. 
there's something different about this one. Like it, it seems very interesting. And and I know that we've been wanting Game Boy games ported to whether it's you know the Switch for their online service, which we're going to get to in a in a couple of minutes. But um, even if they're on mobile, like if you put them on Android or iPhone on the app stores to play, like I think would be really cool. But mm. there is something about holding the physical Game Boy in your hands. So I, I'm I'm excited for this. I think this could be really cool. I think this might be a wave of the future, especially for handheld stuff uh, from the past, because you know that Nintendo's never going to produce these again. Um, you, you're going to have to, going forward in the future, you know, old Game Boys and Game Boy Advances and all those are going to start breaking down eventually. And who's going to work on those things? And unless there are companies like this that produce new ones that can just pop in the cart and play. Yeah, I mean, if Nintendo's not going to do it, other companies are going to. So exactly. Why not? I don't know. Nintendo's pretty litigious, so we'll see what happens after this. Yeah, hopefully they don't. Hopefully they don't step in because stuff enough, like this, I think, is needed. Maybe if enough stuff like this happens and there's enough uh, public interest, this might kick Nintendo in the ass to be like, "Hey, people want this stuff, you idiots. We're ready to give you our money. Why do you hate money, Nintendo?" I I don't know. <laughs> but but speaking of money, our <laughs> next story comes to us from NintendoLife.com. GoldenEye 007 shoots its way onto Nintendo Switch Online this week. Notice what I said there, Nintendo Switch Online. It has been a long old wait since the N64 Classic GoldenEye 007 was announced for Nintendo Switch subscribers. But now we finally have a release date. Um, be making its way to the N64 game library on the 27th of January, which of course has already passed. We love GoldenEye. It's you know, one of the most important games of the more modern era, especially of the 90s, because it set the standard for games like Call of Duty and Halo as far as the multiplayer goes. And maybe this is just my fault for not thinking that Nintendo would do this. But you know, when I read the the release date, I'm like, OK, cool, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go on the 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 eShop and see how much it is. And uh, potentially get it because I was curious as to far as like, how they would remaster it or if there would be any remastering at all. And of course, I read that it comes to the online uh, <laughs> expansion pack, which we've we've talked about in, in such glowing light yeah. uh, on this show. So I, I sent my co-host here a text and I, I won't repeat what I said, but I, I've voiced my disapproval of that. Um. I will say this in looking back at the switch online library, it doesn't look terrible. Like you've got the Zelda games, you've got Mario, you've got Banjo Kazooie. Now you've got this. I still would like a couple of more games on there before I would pull the trigger on it. Yeah, Personally. Rampage in the chat room said it plays like garbage on the switch, but it is on, uh, I believe it's on game pass. And he says mm -hmm. they didn't add dual stick support on Switch, only Xbox. So if you're going to play it, I would suggest well, probably Xbox is the best way to go. Yeah. I thought they were going to add dual stick support for the I Switch. I thought they were too, but I'm not sure if they're doing this 
Because aren't they doing a remaster of it? Weren't they working on a remaster of it at some point that was supposed to be out or going to come out soon? They were a couple of years ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that. But I, I do remember reading they were doing a remaster for it. And then it just new stop coming out about it. Yeah, well, that that's the Nintendo way. <laughs> they will make you they're gonna make you buy that switch online sixty dollars a year thing it's not the way as <laughs> as the mandalorians would say but it's but the, yeah it's, it's the nintendo way it's the nintendo way so yeah i i initially was was a little upset over this because i was actually curious as to how this game was going to play on the switch but no they, they still need to add if they were to add game boy games I would pull the trigger and get the expansion. Yeah. Cause I would I'm, 100% do it, but I'm just not, I had a Nintendo 64. It was fun at the time, but I'm not a fan of that system. I'm just not, it's not, well, enough I feel to make like the, do that. the best games for it. You can play on other consoles like Banjo Kazooie. Mm-hmm. You can play if you have an Xbox 360, like I, I bought it, you know, on the Xbox live arcade when it came out. So I can play it on that. They have the rare replay, with the Zelda games, you can play those on the 3DS. They have improved graphics. Mm-hmm. They look better. They sound better. They honestly play better. Mario 64 has been re-released for the DS, and it was better. Yeah. So the best but... games you can find elsewhere. Oh, yeah. And Rampage said uh, apparently two separate companies handled the emulation, and the team on Nintendo's side left it mostly as it was the Xbox team added the dual stick support. That's just kind of a no-brainer to add dual stick support to it. But I, you know, Nintendo—they don't like to spend money on anything. You would think it would be an obvious thing. You would think. <laughs> uh, well, see, this this is disappointing. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but our last story is NintendoEverything.com. Ninja action game Shinobi Nongrata coming to Switch. It has been announced for Switch, and we also have confirmation that a physical release is planned. The upcoming project comes from Fly High Works Studio Pico and Esquadra. Strictly limited games will be handling the physical editions of the retro platformer. Um, And uh, it says, key features, peak 8-bit pixel art reminiscent of the best, uh, the PC engine and its contemporaries, challenging gameplay. Each boss requires its own strategy and clever use of ninja tools, and soundtrack by Haydn blending traditional... Japanese tunes with chip tune sound, and of course, ninjas versus zombies. And there is a uh, trailer here on the the site, and I watched the trailer last night, and it looks really fun. Like this looks like it's just Ninja Gaiden, basically. I was about to say the same thing. I watched the trailer uh, earlier this afternoon, and it reminded me a lot of Ninja Gaiden. It looks like it runs very smoothly, like yes. the movements of the enemies and your your playable characters. There's no like flaw. There's no like jumpiness in the movement. It, it looks great. And uh, the they are only going to release. Uh, they have the Switch releases are limited to twenty five hundred copies plus a special limited edition. Limited to 1,500 units. So that was released yesterday on the 29th. So if you want to get a physical copy of it, you better hurry over to Limited Games and pick up your physical copy of it. I think I'll just be happy with the uh, uh, digital version, and I'm definitely getting this. This just looks really fun. 
about five seconds into the trailer, I had a feeling you would be getting it. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, <laughs> this is just new Ninja Gaiden. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's right up your alley. <laughs> but uh, but now it is time for this month in video game history. <laughs> January 14th of 1988, Konami releases Konami YY World. First ever crossover game features cast of all-star characters from various video game franchises and non-video game properties such as characters from blockbuster movies. I remember us talking about this a couple of times because I do remember this artwork. The artwork for this game is crazy. It, it seems like the predecessor to like what would become games like Super Smash Brothers. Exactly. I, I would be interested, and I know this was a Japanese-only game, but I, I'd be curious to like, get a ROM of it and see how it plays. Dude, it's got King Kong in it. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, have you seen the new clip from the Mario Brothers movie? No, I haven't. We got the the first listen of Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. Ooh, is it good? Yeah, it, the whole clip is great. So it, it's the fight with Mario and Donkey Kong that we've seen in the trailer. And these question mark blocks appear. And Mario gets the, the cat power up from uh, Mario 3D World. Mm -hmm. And then uh, so he he jumps down. His claws come out and he says like he says meow or something like that. Donkey Kong just starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> and then it cuts to like a close up of him and he goes, and now you die. And then he punches the camera, and that's the end of the clip. <laughs> that's it, awesome. It, it, yeah, it's a cool clip. I, I saw it on, I think, IGN's Twitter. But I'm sure you can find it numerous oh, yeah. places. But I'll it, look it up it, when we're done tonight. Yeah, no, it, it, Donkey Kong looks and sounds great. So I, I think Seth Rogen was a good choice. Fantastic. Let's see. January 1st of 1992, the Atari Corporation dropped support for the 2600, Atari 8-bit family, 7800, and software for those systems. So you're telling me Atari was still making games for the Atari 2600 in 1992? I had to double check to make sure it was the right year. <laughs> wow, that system came out in 1977 and was just so primitive like they were still making games for that in 92 that's and then nuts. ps2 said hold my beer wow that's crazy yeah I mean, who's still rocking an atari 2600 in 1992 i want to know who these people were the well, super nintendo was out at that point i know oh, well joey like, joey images in the chat room i uh, said he loved the atari 2600 i still do i still have mine but I wasn't buying games for it in 1992. I was, yeah, I was I, knee deep in Super Nintendo at the time. Yeah, like I don't want to knock the 2600, but like, why play that when you can get the Super Nintendo and you yeah. have all these great games? I'm like, you're playing an Atari. Like, you realize that the Super Nintendo exists at this time, right? And a Sega Genesis. <laughs> like, come on now. Rampage says right next to his ColecoVision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, January of 1992, Die Hard is released for the NES in North America. Just reviewed that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's a very good game. It's, it, it deserves a second look. That game is better than people give it credit for. Yeah, the, the gameplay looked great. And you, you, people should go back. If you haven't heard Jason's review of Die Hard, just go back a couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. January 15th of 1999, THQ releases WCW NWO Thunder for the PlayStation in North America. 
I really liked the WWF and the WCW games from from this era just for the sole reason of creating myself and friends and we would all just beat the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. That's what we would do. We'd put ourselves in ladder matches and we would just beat <laughs> beat ourselves up for an hour before someone would finally win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, now I I should review a, a wrestling game to coincide with, with WrestleMania. I feel like that this was the era for great wrestling games from like oh, 99 yeah. to like 2007 were the best. There was one, I think it was WCW Nitro for the PlayStation, where on your select a character uh, screen, like if you selected like Ric Flair, he would pop up on screen and do, you know, one of his his promos. And it was great. Yeah. Ah, the uh, those games were so much. I have a I have a lot of fun memories playing those games. Uh, January 21st of 1999, HAL Laboratories releases Super Smash Brothers for the N64 in North America. A game changer, no mm-hmm. pun intended, but I, I distinctly remember, I've told this story several times, but I remember seeing the first commercial for Super Smash Brothers, and mm-hmm. it was like a, a Nintendo fan's dream come true to have, like, what would happen if Mario and Link met? What would happen if Kirby and Pikachu met? That was such That's, a good happened? marketing, co- like, commercial, like, one of the best commercials. Oh, it was it was incredible. It's if, still one of my favorite video game commercials of all time. If you're listening to this and you're younger and you never saw that commercial, I'm positive you can look it up on YouTube. Look up the Nintendo uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers N64 commercial on YouTube and just like just imagine never having seen that before and seeing that for the first time. So happy together. <laughs> All of them beating the crap out of one another. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. That that should be, we could potentially do a top five of that, but we, we should look up some of our favorite and least favorite like video game commercials. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I've got one that I don't know if, if you've seen it. It's the Japanese commercial for Link to the Past. And it's so bad, it's great. <laughs> It has uh, has Link and Zelda along with like some of the enemies from the game, and they all do a giant musical dance number. Oh, that's awesome! It's so bad, I love it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite commercials. We might uh, have there, there's so a, many good. We should do a go stream, ahead. a live stream one night, just me and you watching uh, YouTube video game commercials and con- commenting on them. I'm I'm down with that. We, do that we got to throw in some of the Crash Bandicoot commercials in there too. Oh yeah, Joey Image uh, top five part threes in a video game series. I would do that. <laughs> okay, there's some good part threes yep. out there. Yep, I'd be down with that. And let's see our oh, speaking of Crash Bandicoot, our last uh, story for video game history, January seventh of two thousand three, Vicarious Visions releases. Crash Bandicoot 2 Entranced for the Game Boy Advance in North America. I remember playing this game. I don't remember that much of it, but there there were a couple of Game Boy Advance games uh, that featured Crash Bandicoot, surprisingly enough, because mm-hmm. like you you associate Crash with PlayStation, but he, he became uh, a cross-platform character. Yeah, and then uh, went away for a while, and now he's back again. Now he's back. But uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek has some Patreon shoutouts. As always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. 
We want to shout out John West, Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade 07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I on the Rampage, Rampage, Steph Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image himself, and last but not least, Donna, a.k.a. Mama Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions to keeping the lights on for us here at the show. Uh, We do still need to get above the $50 a month level to uh, resume our fun commentary tracks, and we're only $3 away. That's a cup of Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. Heck, that's a cup of gas station coffee these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Heck, I, I stopped at a gas station the other day, and it, it costs like right near $3 for just mm-hmm. a, a basic cup of coffee. And I'm like, this is this is crazy. But yeah, if you want us to resume those fun commentary tracks, like the ones we've done for Transformers the movie, uh, Clue, Christmas Vacation. Watch Clue again the other day, actually. Still fantastic movie. Such a good uh, movie. Bat- Shows like Batman, the animated series, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck. It, the the list is near endless of stuff that we've done. And we, we've got some some fun ideas of you know commentary tracks that we want to do in the future. But we got to get back up to that $50 level. So head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro for that. And for new patrons, send us your social media info, uh, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee, doesn't matter what type of coffee you like, they got you covered. Try the Good For Gaming Roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight I'm going to be talking about... Everyone knows what the Terminator is. I mean, if you haven't seen the Terminator or T2 Judgment Day, what are you doing with yourself? Go watch, stop the podcast and go, go watch those right now. Uh, Both those movies are, uh, I I talk about, you know, some of my favorite movies of all time, and I feel like the list changes almost daily, but Terminator 2 will always be on that list. And Terminator 1 is great, too. I consider it to be the best B-movie ever made. Oh, yeah. Because if you if you look at the difference in quality between 1 and 2, it's pretty vast. But what James Cameron and everyone did with the first Terminator, it it, it changed movie making forever. I mean, horror, sci-fi. I mean, he was he was the shark. And Jaws in that movie. <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. that movie was a remake of Jaws, basically. With, uh, uh yeah, I never even thought of that. Yeah, you're right. Cause you like, even have, like, especially in the first movie, that doom, 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 doom. You hear that, like, anytime the Terminator comes on screen. It's like a match oh, of movie. Jaws and Halloween, and you get Terminator. Yeah. Such but. a good movie. The um, I've gone down and we talked about it earlier in the show. I've gone down a ra- uh, uh, just a rabbit hole of Terminator stuff lately. 
I uh, played the recent Terminator game for the PS4 a couple of weeks back. That was a really good game, and it just got me to watching the movies again. I even went back and watched stuff like Terminator Genesis uh, just to make sure that movie was bad. And yes, it's still bad. <laughs> I liked what they tried to do with it. Yeah. They just didn't do it well. It was a good idea, but I hate the WB-ification of movies where everybody has to be pretty. Like, if you go mm-hmm. back and watch the original Terminator, that is a sweaty, smelly movie. That that movie is, a, it, it's a it's a cigarette butt and an old cup of coffee is what that movie is. That's a great comparison. Yeah, just put it this way. The protagonist, when he shows up from the future, he steals clothes from a homeless man. Yeah. And this, and Terminator, that movie's just too slick. It's just too slick, mm-hmm. and the guy they got playing Kyle Reese, like Michael Bean in the original movie, he's skinny. He looks like a soldier. He looks like he's hungry. Like the dude is like skin and bones. He's covered in scars. He's dirty. He's sweaty. You know he just smells like bo. He's got the homeless man's pants on. You know he's he's free balling in some bum's pants that he stole. You know the dude's nasty. He stinks. You know he does. And in this movie, the guy they got playing Kyle Reese looks like he just stepped out of the gym. He eats like, you know, 5,000 calories of chicken breasts a day and just lives in the gym and, and, and like doesn't have a mark on him. It's like he walked right off the cover of Muscle and Fitness. Yeah, exactly. He's a men's health uh, model, <laughs> not not a soldier from the the future where mankind has been pushed to the brink of extinction. I mean, come on, yeah. man. But we're not here to talk about the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the games. So t- tell me about the games. Okay, the first games you had um, the NES. I did go back and and see what they had for eight bit Terminator games, and the only game that for made for eight bit. Uh, NES was the uh, T2, which is basically was the same kind of game as term as T2 for the Super Nintendo and Genesis, and we'll get to that in a little bit. And it's bad, not worth playing. Don't even waste your time. It's terrible. It's yeah, awful. it didn't look great. Um, it did not look great. Then what was going to be a Terminator game for the NES, but they lost the license while they were developing it. They turned it into Journey to Silius which I reviewed here on the show, which is a great game, which you can tell that, you know, it was once a Terminator game because it storylines are pretty similar. Um, but if you want to play a Terminator game on the NES, just go play Journey to Silius, which is you can play on Nintendo Switch Online right now for mm-hmm. under the NES banner. Um, but we're talking about 16-bit games. And first up, we'll talk about the Terminator. Uh, this game was uh it was you, there's two different versions there's one for the Super Nintendo one for the Sega Genesis and this is a weird time in gaming where you have a game on both systems but two completely different games like they're not even remotely the same games so it, just kind of pick your poison or wh- whatever you know a console you had at the time that was the that was the version you played and personally, uh, I, as far as the original Terminator games, um, I wrote is pretty straightforward run and gun action uh, for the in the Super Nintendo. 
that version looks great, and the sound effects and music are really good and set the tone really well to be a Terminator game. Like, it's very kind of dark, and um, it, you at least have a, a, a pulse rifle to start with. You're wearing armor. You, ki- you don't really look like Kyle Reese, but you are Kyle Reese, but you start off in the future and basically go through... The game, you got to get to the time displacement unit, go back in time, blah, 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 play out the movie just like it is. Um, But it's kind of hard as far as some of the shooting in the game because you can't shoot straight up for some reason, which I don't know why they wouldn't put that in the game because there are enemies above you that are shooting down at you and being able to shoot straight up would have been a, a very good thing to have in that game. And you get killed pretty easily in, in the game. That's my only gripe with it. You can't shoot straight up and you it's really more inching than gunning, running and gunning because it's it's a lot of memorizing when to jump, when to uh duck and dodge bullets to get through the levels, but I don't have that kind of time to memorize stuff like that these days. I do like that you play, you start the game in the future and that yeah. you have to find the, because in T1 and T2, you just got little glimpses of that post-apocalyptic future where Skynet had taken over. And that is right so, for video games like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. It just screams video games. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that aspect of it. That's the version I liked better. I did try the Genesis version as well. And I'm not really sure what was going on in that game. Uh, first off, Kai, you start out in this. It's basically the same thing. You got to go through the game to get to the time displacement. Go back in the past. You're playing Kyle Reese. It's the same basic thing you're doing in the game, but it's just a completely different look and feel to the game. Uh, Kyle Reese. In the future, in the Genesis version, you start off in the future, you don't have a gun, but you do have an endless supply of grenades. What? (laughs) Exactly. That's what I said. I was like, you have an extra button here. There, There are three buttons on the Sega Genesis controller. You're only using two of them. One to lob grenades, one to jump. The other button is useless. Because that totally makes sense. And why would you not give a... Why did I not get a gun to go through? I don't don't understand. I don't want to lob grenades. And another thing, Kyle Reese must have been... uh, The sprite they used for him must have been an asset from another game. Because it doesn't look anything like Kyle Reese. It looks like... If you go and look at some of the gameplay for this game, he's wearing like this green flak jacket vest looking thing with uh, short sleeves. He looks like he's going fishing. He doesn't look like a a soldier from the future. Two words come to mind. Cutting corners. Yeah. When it comes to the development. Uh, And also, I'm not sure what's going on with the music in the Genesis version. It's way too upbeat and just poppy. And it's like, dan, da, da, dan, da, dan. like you're like, what is happening right now? This is not Terminator. So I was not impressed with the Genesis version. Which is weird because I feel like more often than not, people say the Genesis version 
of games like that came out for both the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, I feel like a lot of people give the Genesis versions mm-hmm. the edge for a lot of them. So it's weird hearing the the Super Nintendo versions actually better, especially for games like this. You know, like a run and gun type of game. Why would you have a run and gun game with no gun? <laughs> it's run and lob, run and lob I grenades. No idea. It, it was uh, it is not good uh, for the. The Super Nintendo version, it's I would give it about a six and a half. It's not a great game, but it's it's playable and it's it it feels like your uh, term. I like the look and, and the sound of the game. Um, it does t- the gameplay takes a little getting used to. The Genesis version, uh, I gotta give them. I'm gonna give them a four for effort. It's a. That, game. I think that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, now we move on to. T2, Terminator 2. Now, I'm not talking about the arcade game yet. The arcade game is something different. Um, If you went to arcades back at this time, you had the arcade game, which was uh, a a light gun game, basically. But we'll get to that in a second. This is, uh, yeah, Joey says, it's playable. It's not a big endorsement for a video game. I just want to, it's... I don't want to say anything too bad about it because it's not a bad game. It's just got some things about it that are just kind of aggravating. You know, like you can't shoot straight up and it's just like it's hard to dodge bullets. And I don't know. It's not really my thing. But as far as T2 goes, on the Super Nintendo and the Genesis version. Now, this is a game where it's the same version on both consoles. They're both look exactly the same. And by, say, looking exactly the same, I mean awful. The sprite character they have... The Terminator looks like... I I, I can't... He looks... What's the word I'm looking for here without saying something? Uh, Um, He looks like Frankenstein... Uh, yeah, he looks like Frankenstein, basically. Looks like an a, yeah. a, a pixelated version of Frankenstein, but not a good pixelated, like a child's rendering of Frankenstein. The important thing is he does not look like the Terminator. <laughs> it looks all. so cheap. Both of these games, and it looks terrible. It's so bland. There's like there's no ba- it's a blue background. They, I didn't even get out of the first level of these games because, one, the hit detection is awful. Like, the Terminator throws a punch, and it's like he barely shoots his arm out. So you've got, like, this tiny little hitbox you're trying to hit, and most of the time, it doesn't even work. You're just punching straight through somebody while they're just standing right next to you, like, shooting you with a shotgun and you and kicking someone is like kicking them in the shin. It's so ridiculous. I feel like we've we've mentioned before on this show about you look at a game that feels like, you know, like as whoever developed, I think um I don't know who developed the game, but uh I know that LJN released it, but it feels like uh you know, Jimmy the intern was told to to make a Terminator 2 game over the weekend. And so they just locked poor Jimmy the intern in a, a broom closet with a laptop 
and a poop bucket and a couple of pizzas and told him to, to get a Terminator 2 game ready by Monday. We'll unlock you on Monday morning. Whatever you got, that's what's going out. It's so bad. Like, I can't even, I couldn't even figure, I, I just wandered around <clears throat> that first level with no clue what to do. I know I'm supposed to get the shotgun from the guy like you do in the movie, but the guy kept showing up with the shotgun and I would beat him up. He would drop the shotgun, but it would disappear. I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? Well, it makes you wonder with games like this, and I, I know we've talked about it before, but how do they release these games and think that they're good? Is it about just getting something out there because they think it's going to be <laughs> it's going to make money because it has the Terminator name on it? Like I, I, I just it bothers me when companies like this don't really take pride in their work. I was like at least put out an average game. I was sitting there thinking the whole time I'm playing this, I'm like, how, how was this released to the public? Like, who looked at this and said, yeah, it's good, put it out? I'd love to interview some of the, the creators, but I, I don't know how well that would go. Because <laughs> I'd want to be pretty bluntly honest. It's an unplayable mess, is what that game is. It, it looked bad. I would it looked say... Real bad. It is probably got to be maybe, if not the worst game for the SNES, it's got to be within the like the top five worst any SNES games. And Sega Genesis too. Like it's it's just as bad and awful and unplayable. Well, at least they're consistent. So for T two on the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, they get zeros, both of them. Is that the lowest score in the history of this show? Yes, it is. I think I don't think we've ever given because I, I always at least give a one. I always for, find for the something to give the game. You know, like even Friday the Thirteenth, which was an LJN game, it had a good game in there. It was just, you know, like executed poorly because of the the limits of the Nintendo. But this game just felt lazy and they just threw something out the door and expected kids to pay for it. And if I would have bought this game when I was a kid, if I would have shelled out my hard-earned, you know, 60 bucks at the time for a Super Nintendo game, which was a lot of money back then. You know, games are still 60 bucks today. Games haven't gone up any. I think they're going up to 70 now, but $60 was a lot of money back in 1991. If I would have th- I would rather have just lit my money on fire, then give it to LJN for this game. Uh, that gives me an idea for a funny video. <laughs> now we're going to go on to T2, the arcade game. This is the one I'm most curious about. I played the Genesis version. Um, it's, it, it's weird playing a first-person shooter game like that that's meant for a light gun with a controller. It's not an, the ideal way to play, but it's what you do. Uh, um, I don't know if there were any kind of uh, light gun peripherals for the Genesis. Um, th- th- I did notice there were some differences between the Super Nintendo version and the Genesis. Um, I felt like the SNES version was a little better as far as the graphics go. Um, and it felt like the game was faster, too, than the Genesis version. There were a lot more Terminators on the screen. There were a lot more um, power-ups in the Super Nintendo version. 
I just felt like it was a better experience overall. And um, I did play this on uh, emulation, and I couldn't get my Super Nintendo uh, controller to work on emulation, so I just played it with the mouse, and that was really fun. Like, I, that game was great playing with the mouse. I would not have expected that. I, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever emulated a game with my mouse. I don't think I have. But I do think, um, I don't know if you could have used the Super Scope back then, because I think that was the only light gun peripheral. The, the It's the only Nintendo one I can had. think of. Um, I wonder if you could use the Super Scope to play it. I think that would probably be the ideal way to play it, if you could. Um, if you had an, uh, an old CRT television that could support uh, the light guns like that. I never had a Super Scope. Because I did love playing this game in the arcade with uh, the actual machine guns on the yeah. machine. Oh, those machines were great. I never played it, but I always thought it was one of the cooler looking arcade cabinets because mm. you had that that giant gun yeah and it, it just like it draws your attention you're like wow this mm -hmm. looks really cool and then you see that it's terminator and it makes it even better you got the big t800 endoskeleton looking at you on the side of the cabinet mm -hmm. like play me yep play play me now if you want to live <laughs> i pumped a lot of quarters into that game when i was a kid i think um i think they're actually uh, uh what's the company that puts out the smaller arcade cabinets now Oh, Arcade 1-Up. Um, arcade 1-Up. I think they're doing a version of this that's coming out soon. Uh, let's see. If they do, I might be tempted, because I love this game. Uh, you would be correct. Hmm. Let's see. This is... Uh, oh, this looks really cool. Yeah, it's on their website. It's uh, on sale for $500. Ooh. <sighs> That's a little steep yeah. for my price. If they yeah. ever do a sale T on it, I'm getting it. T2, they've got, uh, yeah, Arnold on the side. They've got the blue gun and the red gun. It looks really cool. Nice. Um, but as far as these go, you know, the Genesis version is is okay to play. It's probably about a six, six and a half. Uh, the Super Nintendo version, like I said, I couldn't get the controller to work, but it was really fun to play with my mouse. And that one, I, I have to give at least a 7.5 because it felt closer to the actual arcade version of that game. I was curious about the, the console versions of this game because this is the Terminator game I always think of as the arcade game. And I knew that it was available for both, but I've never played either. This would be if, if you want to collect games for the consoles and you're, you want to get the Terminator games, these are the ones you want to get. The arc, T2, the arcade games. Not T2, the actual movie tie-in game. Those are, nah, don't even waste your money. I'll keep that in mind. And, <laughs> Go and with now, the arcade game. And now, <clears throat> for the, the best of the bunch that I played, the RoboCop versus Terminator games. I played the Genesis version and the Super Nintendo version, and they much like the original Terminator game, Two completely different playing games. They're both sort of the same. They're, you know, run-and-gun type of games. The Genesis version, and I don't, I couldn't really tell which one I liked better. They both have their, their, uh, their things that I love about them. The Genesis version was, uh, who developed the Genesis version? Uh, 
was uh, uh, Virgin Vir- Games. Virgin Games did uh, the Genesis version. Interplay did the Super Nintendo version, and if you remember Interplay, they were the ones that did uh, uh, Earthworm Jim. Mm-hmm. And they were a big company back in the 90s. Um, they're not around anymore, though. But the Genesis version was uh, way more bloody. <laughs> like, when you shot somebody, they just exploded into uh, you know, a, a puff of blood and guts all over the place. <clears throat> As they should. Yeah. In this game, I felt like this is something that I probably pl- would have played in the arcade. There probably was an arcade version of this. It's just loud, and the music's pumping. The sprites are big. <clears throat> you know, everything, like, the, the graphics are awesome. I, I, There's nothing bad I could say about this game. Like, the, the power-ups are great. The different weapons that you use. The bosses are awesome. Like, the first boss you come across is a T-800 in the streets. And the second boss is uh, from, I think it was from RoboCop 2. The other uh, RoboCop that they they made for RoboCop 2 is the second boss. Like, stuff like that. Doesn't have as much uh, cut... It doesn't have any cutscene stories like the Super Nintendo version does. But, like I said, it's a complete different style of game. Like, it's just straight run and gun, blow people up, blood everywhere. It is is definitely the R-rated version of this game that's just awesome. This is a game that you can sell on name alone because mm-hmm. you think, like, what a great concept for a video game when you combine Robocop and Terminator. Like, that that's just such a great fit. I know. That it almost can't help but be good. And it's also, like, I wrote here, too, the different ammo and gun types of uh, the game reminded me of Contra because you get, like, spread guns and missiles and all kind of just cool weaponry throughout the game and it's just it's just straight mindless violence and i loved every second of it this is one that i want to play as well because i i didn't even know this game existed and i had the the comic books back in the day this was a great comic series back then and i never mm-hmm. got to play the games I, I think i may have at one point but i don't remember but now playing them over the last week, like these these two games, the Super Nintendo version and the Genesis version, were my favorites of all of them. And uh, the Super, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say that you know from from what I was reading and you know I, I only watched a little bit of gameplay for for each game, but this looked far and above the best. Oh yeah, they knew what they were doing when they made these games. They they made sure that these were well worth your. 60 bucks at the time either one of these games like either the genesis version or the super nintendo version they were different games but both were equally great uh the super Mm -hmm. nintendo version is of course a little more nintendo fied it's not as bloody or hardly any blood when you shoot somebody they just kind of you know like puff and disappear (laughs) like they do uh in real life when you shoot somebody with a you know a sidearm that is like a machine gun that never runs out of bullets as RoboCop has. Uh, but I like the sprite. I like the, I I don't know which one of the graphics I like better, but I kind of like the Super Nintendo version because it feels like it was a little more stylized than actually feeling, you know, looking like actual RoboCop, like the Genesis version. 
Um, the Super Nintendo version, he's a little more squat, feels a little more heavier, like he's a little more, you know, like like a little like a tank just going through the level. And um, it's more story based. Uh, this one I love because in between each uh, level, you got a cutscene of the story that was presented to you like a comic book. Oh, that's yeah, it's cool. And you get panels that pop up and tell you the story. And of course, the story is that in the future, they uh, somehow find out that um, Skynet became self-aware because it was merged with uh, the mind of this, you know, cybernetic organism known as RoboCop, a.k.a. uh, Alex Murphy. And that's how uh, Skynet became self-aware. So they sent, you know, soldiers back to take out RoboCop and Skynet sent back Terminators to sort of set a trap for RoboCop to where he, you know, he... All these people are, you know, the people that are coming after him are telling him, like, you're the reason, like, the future's messed up, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then the the, the Terminator set a trap for him to go back to OCP to plug in to, uh, to the mainframe, which then sucks his mind in and becomes Skynet because it merges with his mind. And he spends the next three decades, you know, trapped within Skynet, watching Skynet destroy the world, basically, until he can uh, sort of slip past uh, within Skynet to take over a factory of Terminators, rebuilds himself a body, puts fake flesh on the face to rebuild himself, and then he goes on into the future to go take out the heart of Skynet and help humanity rebuild. It's awesome, and I want that freaking movie, man. I want it now. <laughs> uh, could you imagine if that happened and the like the reaction to the first trailer? Oh, that'd be sick, dude. I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I saw a trailer for Robocop versus Terminator. I would melt into my seat. It would make a cool uh, like anime or like some type of animation. Because I mean, like obviously the the actors are up there in age. I know like de aging is improved, but I, I I would do it as like an animation. Dude, I would, wa- would be really cool. <clears throat> I would watch a CGI animated series of RoboCop versus Terminator. That would be like Netflix. Please get on, just get the rights to, to RoboCop and Terminator, and just make that series. It doesn't have to be canon. It just like like the Terminator franchise is all over the damn place anyway, so who cares? I mean, how many times have they rebooted it? <laughs> For real. So I I'd watch it. I think that'd be really cool. That I'm gonna give the both of these games, and I know this is very rare for me. I'm giving both of these games a ten across the board. Wow. Like some of the best games. I've ever seen for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Like, if I'd have known these were that good back then, I would have bought these games. And I I don't even know how much these are going. I think these are relatively expensive games these days. I was not expecting a perfect 10. They're, not just for one, but for both. I'm telling you, they're so good. Rogacop versus... Let's, let's just see what the I'm, Super Nintendo I'm really curious for. about this. Uh, ooh, yeah. Uh, 
159.89 uh for the Super Nintendo version, 235.83 uh for the Super Nintendo. Actually, there's one here. Uh cartridge on Actually, no, the cartridges go for around 15 bucks. Yeah, you can well, buy that's it. not bad. Buy it now, 14.99 for the Super Nintendo. Okay. Let's see what the Genesis version goes for. Yeah, those were CIB I was looking at that were going for 200. Um, let's see. Buy it now. Let me look at buy it now. Uh 79.99 buy it now. Uh 40 I just went for 45. You can get just the cartridge buy it now $24. So actually these aren't that expensive. So hmm. I, I'm saying right now if you have a Super Nintendo and or a Genesis Go ahead and get both of these. I might actually go ahead and get both of these off of eBay because I want them. They're that good. You should. Wow, perfect 10. That's crazy. Perfect 10. Like, there was no, I couldn't find anything wrong with them. I have to try this game out. (laughs) The graphics were good. The gameplay was good. You know, like, the shooting mechanics were great. There was really nothing wrong. I, there, good platforming. The physics felt right when you were jumping around as as a RoboCop in both games. I couldn't find anything bad to say about the games. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to have to try this game out. So that's what I'm gonna say. If you're into the Terminator and you're looking for the Terminator games to buy for your systems. Just go ahead and go get the RoboCop versus Terminator uh, on the Super Nintendo and Genesis. The arcade games uh, are pretty good. Uh, the Terminator for the SNES is relatively decent. Everything else is garbage wear. <laughs> Just absolute garbage. Which is, <coughs> excuse me, which is disappointing, but at least there's one gem out of the bunch. Yeah, but man, I had such a good time playing those RoboCop versus Terminator games. I'm telling you, go play them. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. But that brings us to the end of the review and the episode. But Derek, what do we got going on with Pensacon this year? So here we are with the uh, official announcement for not just Nerd Cave Retro. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say that one first. We are doing our uh, Nerd Cave Retro panel uh, that will take place Saturday, February 25th at 11 a.m., um, at the right place, which is a that's right with a W. Um, so um, as my printer goes off, <laughs> um, yeah, it, I'm not exactly sure where it is. It's somewhere downtown, but it's a new venue that oh, okay. that Pensacon is using. So I was going to ask if it was uh, the same place we did last year. But... No that that was at the Bowden Building, but oh, I right. don't yeah. I don't think I'll. I'm going to make event pages for, for both of these. So that'll include the address if, if you guys are interested in attending. And then just a short while after that, we have the return of defending bad movies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and defending bad movies, of course, will air as an episode of the Derek diamond experience. That will be Saturday, February 25th as well at one thirty PM in room three of the right place. So, uh, if you've never heard or listened to, uh, or watched or listened to Defending Bad Movies, just uh, go to the Derek Diamond Experience YouTube channel or just scroll back in the archives. You know what you need to do? You should send me those files and I'll release them 
uh, as extra episodes here on the Nerd Cave Retro feed before Pensacon this year, okay. so people know what what it's all about. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. So yeah, we'll be doing both of those. We'll be recording both panels for those who can't make it. Obviously, the Nerd Cave Retro panel will air as an episode of this, and as I said, Defending Bad Movies will air as an episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. So, yeah, Pensacon's a little less than a month. Oh, awesome. So it'll be it'll be fun. We had a really good turnout for our panel last year, so uh, go come hang out with us when we do our panels. Like, last year was really fun, and um, I'm ready to do it again. Uh, I had I had a blast last year. Yeah, no, we had a great turnout. The room was pretty much full. I think we had good discussion. So no no reason why this can't be just as good. And uh, so what's going on with the Derek Diamond experience? So uh, today I released top five childhood cartoons, mm-hmm. which was a really fun list. I had almost 20 submissions. Mm-hmm. There were there were a lot. So, uh, yeah, you can go check out that episode anywhere you get your podcast. Just head over to linktree.com slash D Diamond Podcasts where you can find where you can subscribe to the show, social media, all that fun stuff. So, yes, head over to Linktree. And then if you want to follow the the latest happenings of the feature, which I've just started submitting to festivals, it's at the feature movie on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Dude, I'm going to tell you of all the top five lists we've ever done between this show the Derek Diamond experience, that was the hardest top five list I've ever had to write. I had so I had like, many honorable mentions. <laughs> me too. I had like 10 of them. I pared it down to four. I was like, oh, I got, I got to, I'm just going to keep writing cartoons if I keep going. I, I want to do top five cartoon theme songs oh. at some point. Because that one would language. be really hard. Oh, DuckTales is still number one to me. That's always going to be my number one. Uh, DuckTales would be on my list. Darkwing Duck would definitely be on my list. There, There's so many. Hmm. But I, I'll, I'll do, I'll probably do top five TV shows at, at some point as well. So uh, it, if anybody wants to participate in those, uh, they're normally done around the end of the month. So you could just watch for, for me to make a post on social media uh, saying, hey, it's top five, whatever. Leave your list in the comments much like we do on this show. And then I go through my list and then uh, I read yours and uh, go check out the open micers podcast at open micers. Uh, last week we talked to uh, three comedians who are on tour right now under the hot and sexy comedy tour. So go check that episode. That was a really fun episode to do, but it, I'll be honest. It was absolute chaos in that zoom call. That's why I keep the guest list to a minimum. Well, <laughs> We were only supposed to have one guest, and then the other two popped in, and uh, I didn't know what was happening. But we rolled with it, and it was a fun episode. But man, that was that was like trying to herd cats, trying to get <laughs> three comedians to stop talking oh, long Lord. enough to to get on a subject. Yeah, I I don't envy you with that <laughs> one bit. I I did a a show like that a few years ago and it was one of the hardest shows I ever did. It was a fun, yeah, but it was really hard to keep the conversation going. It was funny though. It was some funny moments in that show. So go check it out. Uh, open the at open micers, Twitter and Instagram. So is there anything else before we leave here this evening? 
I think we're good. All right, well, let's get out the door. If you want to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree that now includes a never-ending link to our Discord, which I just added the other day. Also takes you to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and Merch Shop, which you can also go straight to at ncrmerch.com. Get t-shirts, mugs, bags, everything you need over there and you're gonna need a mug because guess what we just got our own brand of coffee at brescoffeeco.com which will be coming out soon i can't wait and you can leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms and if you want to watch the show visit youtube.com slash jfunktastic and that's going to do it for this week so please tell them what it's all about we'll be back we'll be back I swear I will not kill anyone. Your foster parents are dead. We'll get, the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs.